With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, always great to have you with me. As always, text DATA, D-A-T-A, to the number 33777. You can pre-order my book and get the daily show notes. Now, my kid called me during commercial break and says, I got your joke of the day. Oh my, I apologize in advance, but I'm going to share it with you so I can get it out of my head. (laughs) What character in scripture was the best with money? Who did better with money than all the others in the Bible? Well, that would be Pharaoh's daughter because she went to the bank of the Nile and pulled out a prophet. Ba-boom. <laughs> you preachers, listen, y'all can feel free to use that one on Sunday. Uh, from my kid. Okay, we got to move on. Are you an introvert? Are you? So I play an extrovert on radio. I don't like people. I don't like crowds. They physically exhaust me. We'll be doing uh, pre-orders for the gathering. Uh, We'll do it in August again this year uh, shortly. And I have to tell you that it is a physically exhausting uh, event of multiple days. Normally, I would take off the Monday after the gathering. Um, One year, I took off the Monday and Tuesday. It was so probably 2015 when we had all the presidential candidates there. It was so exhausting, but this past year I couldn't because I started on a bunch of radio stations uh, the day after, and I, I had to be on air. I didn't want a guest host when all these stations are coming online. It was I mean I was thoroughly exhausted, absolutely. I being with people does not fire me up. I know people like I've got one friend of mine who is an extrovert who makes other extroverts anxious. He's so into hanging out with people. Um, I, I, so a buddy of mine. He's funny. His name's Ryan. Ryan and I have a friend, Justin. Ryan has never met a stranger and is is your best friend, uh, light of the party. And Justin is such an extrovert that even Ryan feels like an introvert around him. And it's just funny to see. I was in Atlanta on Thursday night for a, a large event. And then on Friday, went to a concert for a friend of mine. 
I was surrounded by so many people for two days. I just had to like sit in a room of silence and do nothing after that. It exhausts me and I can do it. My wife is ultimately a hermit. My wife, if she could live in a cave with no people around, she probably would. And my kids are almost as bad. Now, to some degree, it's because of me. I am to blame. I feel a little guilty. In 2016, having people show up at our house to threaten us and the kids harassed at school and uh, we'd go out and people would bother them. And sometimes even now we go out and people just come up and, and they're all very nice. They're, well, these people now, they're very nice people, but uh, my, my family, we hadn't really liked crowds since people started harassing us in 2016 and we had to have security at the house. And now when people come charging, I mean, it's always my fault. It is my fault. And the people are very nice, but it makes my family very uncomfortable. They are hermits. They would prefer to stay inside. They would prefer to not mix and mingle with people. And frankly, technology has made it very easy for the introverts to pretend to be extroverted. I get exhausted by text messages. Is it just me? I get exhausted by text messages. I, in fact, I can pull my phone off the charger here. Let's see here. I've got 95 unread text messages. Just, just so you know, as of right now, I have 95 unread text messages on my messaging app. I have 22 unread messages, direct messages in Twitter. I have 17 unread messages in Instagram direct messages. I have, let's let it update here. I have uh, 299 unread emails. I was at zero this morning, if you want a sense of how many emails I get. And my personal favorite, <laughs> my personal favorite, I have 490 unlistened to voicemails. 490 unlistened to voicemails, that's an accumulation over time. 299 unread emails that have come in really since I started the show. Uh, 21 now direct messages on Twitter, uh, 19 on Instagram, 95 unread text messages. I am, I, I like get anxiety from text messages these days. Uh, at some point, you know, that there's, there are all those studies that say you can, there are only so many people you can be friends with. I feel like I've reached that point. Like I just, people want to go out with me. Uh, they want to go catch up. They want to grab a cigar, grab a beer, hang out, whatever. I, I'm starting to get anxiety by it because I'm also a people pleaser. I like to tell everyone yes, and I'm starting to think, oh, I can't keep doing this. It exhausts me. Well, all of this is to say that Bloomberg has a piece out by Allison Schrager. The introverts have now taken over the U.S. economy, and a lot of it has to do with the shift during the pandemic. A lot of people started working from home and staying home, and they didn't have to change clothes and they don't want to go back out of their house now. And it is dramatically upending uh, society around us. It's making, for example, technology companies more valuable, not just because of their technology, but because so many people are using now messaging apps and even a VR like Apple's coming out with its uh, what uh, Vision Pro or whatever they're calling it, the headset. I did order one. I, I And I have started to think I should cancel it because it's just going to be a glorified TV screen, I suspect. But I'm intrigued. I, I've got the Oculus. My kid likes to play the games on the Oculus, which is the Facebook headset. But you can, like my son, 
has friends in, in multiple places that he doesn't see on a regular basis, and they're always online together. It's the perfect introverted platform. You, you and For us in the house, my wife loves it. He's with his friends every day interacting with them, but they're never in the house. He actually had a friend come over on Sunday. And they play tennis. So my kid, they, they don't have enough kids for a soccer team for school this year. So he decided he wanted to do tennis. We're like, get out of the house. Go go enjoy yourself. Move. Uh, getting both of the kids out of the house is great. He's taken up airsoft. And, and he and his friends have been going outside and shooting each other um, with the airsoft, little, little plastic BBs. And, and he's been having fun. Trying to get him to be a little more extroverted and to get out of the house and get out of his shell has been one of the things we've been pushing just to get him off a couch and moving. Both of our kids, we want them up and moving. But as for adults doing this stuff, one of the weirdest trends of the introverts taking over is that the average restaurant packed house time in New York when restaurants are fullest in 2019 and then after COVID really into 21 when stuff started opening back up was about 8 o'clock. You go to a restaurant about 8 o'clock, it's going to be slammed. Now, because the introverts have taken over, 5 to 6 o'clock is the most crowded restaurant time in New York City because people go out, they eat, and then they want to get home. Alcohol sales at bars are down nationwide. People don't want to hang out at bars. They want to stay home. Now, drinking is up among Gen X and boomers and older millennials. But among uh, younger millennials and Gen Z, they've stopped drinking. They've stopped having sex. They've they've stopped engaging with society generally. Uh, Netflix and chill has become Netflix and no chill. And you watch the movie at your house, and I'll watch it at my house, and we'll talk on the phone about it. It's it is a bizarre thing that's happening in society. But couple that with this: as the rise of introverts in society has increased, you know what else has increased? The rise of mental health issues. And you know one of those, and again, your experience with your family, spare me the emails, please, may be different. But I will tell you, the, the Wall Street Journal has now done a sto- study on this or a story. The New York Times is now uh, doing a story on this. You know one of the big rises in mental health is the use of high-strength marijuana among the young. That there is now a study after study after study shows that the potency of, uh, for example, vape marijuana – For those under 25, while the brains are still forming, is leading to serious anxiety, dependency, schizophrenia, all sorts of mental health issues. The marijuana of today is not the marijuana of 15 years ago. And people over 25 tend not to have problems. Now, for some, it does apparently give relief for epilepsy and other issues, uh, but the dosage and potency of it really do matter when it comes to mental health. And so the more rampant use of high-strength marijuana is contributing to anxiety. The uh, inability to socialize is contributing to anxiety. And the loneliness, in and of itself, loneliness is contributing to depression and anxiety. People got really invested in the idea that they could be their own person in society. They They could stay home in their PJs all day. They could do their work over their computer, and they never had to interact with other people. And if they needed groceries, Instant Cart could deliver it. And if they needed food, DoorDash could deliver it. But in the process of becoming more isolated, mental health issues have spiked. So what does all this mean for you and me 
in, in the world today? Well, part of it means that uh, if you're investing in pharmaceutical companies that specialize in anxiety medicines, well, that's probably where the markets are headed. Uh, clothing manufacturers who like make athletic wear that you never have to get out of, probably going to do better than those who make fancy dresses and suits. And uh, restaurant stocks, probably not so good, but alcohol stocks doing well right now, just not long-term as unless Gen Z starts drinking. And there are no signs of that, but also a population decline, a mental health explosion and a population decline as people are staying home. They're not interacting with each other. And they're not making babies. They're not getting married. You know the one thing that will solve this, though? This the, I was having a discussion with my 18-year-old last night. And I'm not joking here. It sounds like I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Do you know the one simple thing that could solve the population crisis in America and get young women into marriage and having babies? Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey getting married. You think I'm joking. Think about the influence that that young lady has on so many American girls. She gets married and has kids. You're going to see a massive explosion of girls who want to get married and have kids. And all I can say is she would do every father in America a huge favor if they have a small, discreet wedding. You will save us all a lot of money, Taylor Swift. If the two of you get married and you don't have a big, flashy wedding, it is a small, small, small affair that is not flashy because every girl in America is going to want to do what you do. So keep it small and humble. Have a lot of kids, and you will single-handedly save America, Taylor Swift. It is remarkable how many people in this country will do whatever that lady says. Uh, and by the way, apparently a very, very nice person, she and Travis Kelsey both. But all I'm saying is we have this isolated world of people who develop these these followings among certain celebrities, and she's the most influential of all. She could single-handedly shake America out of this introversion. My goodness, you go to her concert, I mean, it's clearly the only time these people have been out of their house is to go to a Taylor Swift concert. So she does more. People make friends. They get out of the house. They become extroverts again. It could save America. Single-handedly, this lady could do that. In the meantime, for the rest of us, one thing before I go to commercial break, we're not meant to be alone. Those of you who are suffering anxiety and depression and despair and have isolated yourselves, the hardest thing that you can possibly do is get out of your house and mingle with people. And I know it's hard because I'm in that camp. But it would go a long way towards restoring your mental health, go a long way towards easing your anxiety. Just getting out of the house and being with other people is actually therapeutic. But right now, all economic indicators point to a society of introverts, which is bad for restaurants, bad for bars, bad for entertainment venues, bad for movie theaters, and ultimately bad for the American economy unless people decide to start going out and mixing and mingling again. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. If you text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, you can get the show notes, the podcast, the live stream, 
Follow me around social media. Donald Trump speaking right now. He's at polling place in New Hampshire, shaking hands with voters, speaking to the press. So one of the things that I just find somewhat unfortunate, and I know people will read into me using the word unfortunate here, but like yesterday, I had on the news. And today I do, and and I finally have got a TV in the studio that I can just leave it on if there's breaking news or something. But the level of obsession with the presidential process, um, it, it, trying to milk it for what it's worth as if it's some um, massively disproportionately large news story. I mean, the, the outcome, they're trying to make excitement in something where the outcome seems obvious. The obsession with the presidential state of play as opposed to all the other stories in the world, uh, the two dead Navy SEALs included. Um, just, I don't know, there's so much other stuff to talk about. And I, I will say, it, it, tangentially related, is this story out of Florida, what, an, what, what, what a dumb, dumb idea. And good for DeSantis taking a stand against this. Some idiot in the Florida legislature has proposed legislation that the state would pay the legal bills of any presidential candidate indicted in the state of Florida. Well, there's only one. His name is Donald Trump, and it is an effort to use taxpayer funds to fund Donald Trump's legal defense. Ron DeSantis uh, replied to a tweet about people not liking it and saying essentially including the guy with the veto pin. He doesn't like it either. Uh, Clearly going to veto it. And you know how the media played it up? Oh, this was a dig at Donald Trump. Oh, Ron DeSantis, he can't be graceless for 24, gracious for 24 hours. Dropped out taking a dig at Trump. No, he didn't. He took a defense of common sense forward uh, by opposing this. It's stupid, stupid, stupid to have taxpayers of Florida use their funds to pay for Donald Trump's legal defense. Uh, you don't do that for people who aren't indigent criminal defense. Um, people, Donald Trump lives in a mansion in Palm Beach. He can afford to pay his lawyers instead of relying on the people of Florida. The guy who came up with that should be ashamed of himself for thinking it was a good idea, good for DeSantis, standing up against it. You know, I mean, this whole constitutional stuff and and the checks and balances of this this stuff, these sorts of things really do matter. It's why Hillsdale College does such a good job educating Americans. You can take one of their great free online courses on the Constitution, so many other great topics. You know, a lot of people won't, which is one reason that we've started embedding in our ad segments here uh, their Constitution Minutes from Hillsdale. They're prepared by Hillsdale. They're run on the show nationwide. And they're so good to support. In fact, if you want to hear them, you can go to ericforhillsdale.com today. You can hear them. You can share them with friends. You can get educated better yourself. And Hillsdale College will send you a free pocket constitution. That's right. You get a free pocket constitution from Hillsdale College. By the way, you want one from Hillsdale College. Just the branding in and of itself. Larry Arn does such a good job with Hillsdale, y'all. What a great institution building the future that's going to save America. Hillsdale College has done this. They're committed to the constitution you can go to Eric, E-R-I-C-K, ericforhillsdale.com today. Here are the Constitution Minutes. Get a free pocket Constitution. Send them to your friends. Get more educated about your country that you love. ericforhillsdale.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson. The phone number 877-973-7425. I saw this horrid, awful, terrible headline. Republicans push to legalize property owners killing homeless people in Kentucky. That's right. According to Vice, isn't Vice one of those companies going through financial turmoil, layoffs, and bankruptcy, some such? Not on with reporting like this, you can understand why. The headline: Republicans push to legalize property owners killing homeless people in Kentucky. Vice is a progressive outlet. They don't really, if for all their lecturing about disinformation, misinformation, they contribute to it. In Kentucky, the state legislature is considering a law that looks like it could pass that will allow homeowners and property owners to remove homeless people from their private property and can use force to do so. And if the homeless person gets killed in an altercation, uh, the homeowner will have a legal defense. It's a sensible piece of legislation. I need to step back and broaden this picture for you for what's going on here. Progressives have convinced themselves that homelessness is not really a problem. It's one reason they've gone to calling them unhoused. The problem is a lack of housing. And if you can't solve the housing problem, you can't solve the problem of the unhoused. Therefore, it's not really a problem. It's their way of abdicating responsibility. What they've done is they've pushed the responsibility off on property owners. Now, let's take a sidestep away from that to the broken window theory. The broken window theory is a law enforcement theory that the left put a lot of energy into discrediting because it was so effective. They claimed it wasn't. They made all sorts of excuses. They skewed the data. But the broken window of crime theory is actually a very sound theory. Let me describe this to you just just so you understand. Imagine a building in your town, and that building has a broken window. Weeks go by, and that broken window has not been fixed. That sends a signal to people that the building is abandoned. And that signal translates into the homeless moving into the building, breaking in and setting up camps inside the building. Once the homeless arrive, many of them suffering addictions, well, then the drug dealers arrive. Once the drug dealers arrive, the gangs arrive, and they spill out into the community. So you have homeless and drug dealers, you have gangs, you have crime. It gets increasingly violent. So how do you solve the problem? You force the property owner to fix the broken window ASAP. And if the property owner fixes the broken window ASAP, it signals that someone's paying attention to the property, we can't go to the property. That's what they call the broken window theory of crime. How it translates into the larger world is you enforce and crack down on the small crimes, and that keeps the big crimes from happening. If you're willing to go aggressively after the small crimes, well, that's a signal to the criminal element that they should avoid the large crimes. I've mentioned to you twice now in this week at Atlanta, Georgia, crime has fallen 21% year over year. 
Why? Because the mayor of Atlanta and the police chief decided to go after gun violations, gun crimes, and gang violence aggressively. They started going after finding people who possess guns who shouldn't, who were allowed to, who were using them in crimes. It turns out that in Atlanta, the repeat crime offenders, less than 100 people. I mean, you, you, could, you could memorize all the names of the people who were the biggest elements in crime. They started going after those people, and crime has fallen 21%. Compare and contrast with San Francisco and Los Angeles, where the reason crime has fallen is because they've stopped reporting it. You hear these big news stories about crime falling in Los Angeles and San Francisco and other big cities. It's because they don't report it. You know and I know, and you've read the stories to show it, that if a store attendant tries to stop someone from shoplifting, the clerk at the store, the store attendant gets fired by the company. Lululemon fired some people in Georgia for stopping a crime or, or cooperating with the police about thefts at a store. I think it was Lululemon in like Peachtree City or something like that. Uh, it, it's happened in Los Angeles. In, in San Francisco, notoriously, at a local drugstore, the store clerks tried to stop someone from coming in and ransacking the place, and the store clerks were fired. The police don't police. People don't report the crime. Therefore, crime has fallen, not because it's actually fallen, but because they don't treat theft as a crime. In Louisville, Kentucky... I was amazed. The first time I went to Louisville, Kentucky, I, I spoke at the McConnell Institute at the uh, at the University of Louisville. Notice my proper pronunciation, Louisville, Louisville. Sounds like I got marbles in my mouth, Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, 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 however you want to say it, it's Louisville. <laughs> they don't have a state police outpost in Louisville, Kentucky. They They don't have a state police outpost. In fact, Andy Brashear, the Democrat, uh, just got reelected. Daniel Cameron ran a great campaign against him, came up short, but one of his his campaign promises, Cameron's, was he would put a state police outpost in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, they don't crack down on the homeless there anymore. They don't enforce crimes. It's become a huge problem. And private property owners, when someone squats in their property, they try to take it over, and the court system in the area, the police, everybody is slow to help them. So the legislature in Kentucky is proposing legislation that would allow homeowners themselves to remove people from their premises. And, of course, the nightmare scenarios from progressives ignoring what this is all about is, oh, my gosh, this could allow them to go in and, and kill people if they're late with their writ. No, it actually could not. But why let facts stand in the way in sensationalism to try to scare people out of supporting this law? It is really common sense, and it's happening around the country. And the more progressive the areas, the worse it is. Like, for example, in, during COVID, you had uh, the, 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 mor the moratoriums. Landlords were not allowed to evict people, and people would stop paying their rent, and you weren't allowed to throw them out. I know more than one landlord who fell on hard times because they weren't getting the rent that they relied on to cover the cost of their mortgages, and the government wouldn't do anything to help the landlords. They elevated tenant rights so high that they forgot landlords are going to go bankrupt if they can't make money, and they didn't care. And then after COVID, you had squatters, a lot of these people who were, were renters who stopped paying the rent, they didn't want to leave the property. They just squatted. They weren't paying rent, and they were making it real difficult for landlords to get them out. But on top of that, in some of these places, including in parts of Kentucky, homelessness has gotten so bad, you've got people, like, if you live in an urban area, 
people are just squatting on your front yard. They're putting up a tent in your front yard. Remember in Austin, Texas, when they decided it was urban camping, and you you wish Rush Limbaugh wasn't right on this, that but they, they, they he was, and they called it urban camping, that the, the urban housing. They allowed people to set up tents on sidewalks in Austin, Texas. You couldn't actually walk down the sidewalk. There were so many tents, and the homeless people were accosting anyone who who drove by. The, it prov- provoked a citizen uprising in Austin, Texas, over the homeless problem there. So in Kentucky, the legislature has a path to fix it. In Kentucky, the legislature has a plan to crack down on it. And what are progressives in the media doing? They're screaming about it. They're yelling. They're fear-mongering. They're claiming it'll allow uh, tenants to be shot and killed and the homeless murdered in cold blood. Meanwhile, you got to fix the problem. It is a huge problem. And changing the name to unhoused is not going to help. Now, this is one of the, the, the funniest, funniest things here is, is this vice piece. You know, this is one of the funny things with progressivism is how they're, they're shaking out their orthodoxy. So you've got, here's the headline. Republicans push to legalize property owners killing homeless people in Kentucky. But here's the subtitle. In Kentucky... Politicians are preparing to vote on a law that would authorize the use of force against unhoused people who are found to be camping on private property. So the headline says homeless, and the subtitle says unhoused. They, they can't even figure out their language yet. Again, it's, it, I mentioned this yesterday. It's like using Latinx. Nobody uses the word Latinx except white progressives. And the white progressives in the media have decided to embrace unhoused. When you see media outlets using the phrase unhoused, you know immediately they're progressives. Because nobody else uses the phrase unhoused. They are deeply worried about the unhoused. Seriously. Why aren't you worried about the causes? Because by saying they're unhoused, you just think they need a house. When actually they probably need drug treatment. They probably need um, mental health therapy. They need a lot of things. And the left's not going to pony up for any of that. They would have to acknowledge their failures to begin with. This is only one of many failures the left is having to deal with. You may have heard the story yesterday, in and out They've been in, in Oakland, California for something like 70 years. It was, I, I didn't realize they'd been around as long as they had. But there's an in and out burger. There's only one in the city of Oakland, California, and it is a highly profitable restaurant. And they are closing their doors because they've been the victim of crime so much. They decided they didn't want to stay in the city. And, the, of course, the, the, legis, the, the city council in Oakland is outraged. They're claiming racism. It's actually because... The store has been the victim of crime so much. This is happening in San Francisco. And what the politicians in San Francisco and California are doing is they're blaming corporate greed. They're saying, oh, these greedy corporations, they just don't want to do business in San Francisco and, and help the poor. No, it's because people are coming in and ransacking the stuff. I was in, I, I had to go up to New York, I guess it was last summer. And I was in a very nice section of Manhattan. And I realized when I got up there, I was out of toothpaste. I had forgotten to pack my toothpaste. And there was a CVS diagonally across from the hotel. And so I walked to the CVS. Everything was behind uh, those plastic bins. Everything. 
the candy bars, the milk, the condoms, the toothpaste, the floss, the the um, the, the, the the tampons, uh, everything was behind those shields where you had to have an employee come unlock them. All of it. It was where you couldn't shop in the local CVS without a personal shopper following you around to unlock the stuff you needed. All I wanted was toothpaste. And it took forever for somebody to come. They were thoroughly apologetic. I never see anything like this. They said people just come in and shoplift so much they had to do it. And and this is this was before Eric Adams. So it was de Blasio. You know, Eric Adams actually is not the problem with a lot of the crime in New York now. Eric Adams has sent the sent the police out to do stop and frisks again, like Mayor Bloomberg had him do. And it's the local DA who's prosecuting Trump who who is opposed to it. The progressives in, in the DA's office are opposed to it. The progressives are trying to shut it down. It's had a visible, meaningful impact on cracking down on crime, but progressives are opposed to it. Progressives do want disorder. I started the program talking about the guy Politico has highlighted, Ted Johnson in New Hampshire. He wants Donald Trump elected because he thinks the system needs to be smashed. He thinks the system needs to be smashed. The country's in a civil war. We might as well go on and tear it apart. Progressives want the same thing. They do. They want the same thing. They want disorder because they, like so many of these other people, are convinced that when it collapses, when it all collapses, that they can rebuild society in their image. I think they're all wrong. They're all betting against the American people, and you should never bet against the American people. Another great example of this is, for example, Old Glory Bank. You should never bet against the American people taking matters into their own hands. You know John Rich, Ben Carson, Larry Elder, and other like-minded people, they decided that they were going to take matters into their own hands with the banking system. What they came up with was Old Glory Bank, a bank that respects you, your values, your freedom, your family, your faith, the flag. They created America's online bank with amazing technology. It makes it easy and convenient to bank anywhere. So they've got this great system now where you can take cash to over 85,000 locations in the country, retail locations, and those retail locations can deposit it into your Old Glory Bank. In addition to direct bill pay and direct deposit, all that stuff, you can deposit cash into your online bank account at 85,000 locations around America. They also offer home loans with VA, conventional FHA loans. They have things that matter like uh, vacation, retirement planning, budget goals with their budgeting feature online. They have no monthly fees on checking or savings, none. You're not going to get that from banks that hate you. You're going to get fees out the yin-yang with so many of those banks. So cancel your bank before it cancels you. Do business with conservative switch to an anti-woke bank. Oldglorybank.com. It takes just eight minutes. Oldglorybank.com. They're going to stand with you. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, oldglorybank.com. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson. Now for your New Hampshire update. Notice that I, I don't think there are going to be any surprises. The The Haley campaign is putting out the polling that shows she outperforms every other Republican against Joe Biden, but there really isn't any polling showing that she's going to win New Hampshire. There is some late-breaking polling that shows a little bit of a surge for her, but with DeSantis out now, a massive surge for Donald Trump. In fact, uh, since DeSantis got out of the race, it looks like, as I've been telling you all, it would, a massive surge towards Donald Trump for Ron DeSantis. Um, I have written and said repeatedly on this program for the last probably six months that if DeSantis got out of the race, it would help Donald Trump. If anybody else got out of the race, it would help Ron DeSantis. 
And as I predicted, it has come true. Ron DeSantis got out of the race, and almost all of his voters have gone to Donald Trump. Um, I just see there, and, and we'll, I'm going to talk about this when we come back. Have a little more, more, a little more time to, to really flesh this out for you. But the reality is this. A whole lot of people want to build suspense. They don't like the idea this could be wrapped up so quickly. But I just don't think that there's anything. I mean, consider this guy. This is a, uh, a voter in New Hampshire who is independent, who looked at all the candidates, went to all their races, the, went to all their events. This is what he concluded. He was interviewed as he was coming out of the polls this morning. And why did you vote for Trump? Uh, because he's still a businessman. He's not a politician. He's he did well the first time running this country as a businessman. He promoted businesses. He promoted those that um, had been left out up and had more of the uh, Americans of color, the Americans of all colors, not just white, not just black, but all colors and got them jobs. Look, that's a prevailing consensus out there. And I, look, I'm I'm a friend of Nikki Haley's. I, I think tremendously of her and Michael and her family. I know them. Um, I don't see a path forward for Nikki Haley. I think the bulk of the Republican Party wants Trump versus Biden 2.0. Be great for radio ratings, that's for sure. Except I think that a, a large number of people are going to get disaffected by it and tune out. Um, so the media is creating as much buzz as they can now. I, I would not be surprised by a low turnout election in November, honestly. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.